Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for standing by. Welcome to Absolute Software Corporation's first quarter fiscal 2020 conference call. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you'd like to ask a question during this time, simply press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. If you'd like to withdraw your question, please press the pound key. Before beginning its formal remarks, Absolute would like to remind listeners that certain portions of today's discussion may contain forward-looking statements that reflect current views which, with respect to future events. Any such statements are subject to risks and uncertainties that could cause actual results to differ materially from those projected in these forward-looking statements. Any forward-looking statements contained in today's conference call are made as at the date hereof, and Absolute does not undertake any obligation to update publicly or to revise any of the included forward-looking statements, whether as a result of new information, future events, or otherwise, except as may be required by applicable security laws. For more information on the company's risks and uncertainties relating to these forward-looking statements, please refer to the appropriate section of its quarterly MD&A and quarterly financial statements both of which are available on Absolute's website or SIDAR. I'd also like to remind everyone that this conference call is being recorded today, Tuesday, November 12th at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. I would now like to turn the call over to Christy Wyatt, Chief Executive Officer. Please go ahead. Good afternoon, and thank you all for joining us for Absolute's Q1 Fiscal 2020 conference call. Joining me on this call is Errol Olson, our Chief Financial Officer. Fiscal 2020 is off to a good start. The positive trends in our operating metrics continue to develop, and we reiterate our guidance for the year. A few highlights from the quarter. The profitability of our business was very strong in Q1. We generated EBITDA of 7.1 million, or 28% of revenue. Q1 revenue of 25.7 million was up 6% compared to the prior year period. We saw continued double-digit growth in our enterprise and government sectors. The ACB base was $99.1 million, up $6 million, or 7% year-over-year. We continued to see strong new customer logo acquisition and significant expansions in the quarter, including Arup, Apria, and Esplund, each of whom will be joining us at our Analyst Day here in New York tomorrow. Going a little deeper into these results, with our core enterprise software products, in September 2019, we introduced a significant redesign of the Absolute Console with a new visually rich, flexible dashboard that includes customizable widgets, reports, and alerts. This UI enhancement enables IT and security teams to detect underutilized devices, quickly spot vulnerabilities, and take immediate action to neutralize risks. The customer feedback on this new UI has been overwhelmingly positive, and we have seen a positive uptick in our customer satisfaction metrics and our NPS scores. With our Enterprise Resilience Edition, we launched a number of new key enhancements simplifying security policy deployments and remote management of device fleets. The new release provides customers with increased operational efficiency, on-demand support through live chat, and automated ability to apply and adjust security policies across computing devices. 
Also, within our Enterprise Resilience Edition, we extended the endpoint healing capabilities of application persistence to the latest versions of Avanti Management Suite, bringing the total number of applications we are healing from within our product to 30. For our education customers, we released a tech preview to the features previously referred to as student technology analytics. This first release focuses on web usage and reports, for example, the amount of time a user spends on a website, the average use over a period of time, usage on and off of school time. This version also enables you to click on a domain like YouTube, for example, and see all of the web pages that were used from within that domain. These capabilities are available in Tech Preview for our Chromebook users today and will be extended to Windows before the end of the calendar year. Earlier in the year, we published the first, of edi first edition of what will be a series of our intelligence reports. We began with our State of the Endpoint Trends Report, which highlighted the gap in security controls resulting from complexity that has escalated across the enterprise. This report leveraged our unique data and insights across millions of devices to demonstrate both the opportunity for and the power of enterprise resilience. Building on that research, we released a new report earlier this fall entitled The Cybersecurity and Education, The State of the Digital District in 2020. This version looked at the state of IT security in the education market, focusing on staff and student safety and endpoint device health in K-12 organizations. This report's findings highlight the crisis the education sector is facing as schools grapple with high levels of risk exposure, with students often bypassing critical security controls like web filtering, and our focus continues to be on helping our education customers detect and mitigate these risks through our resilience offering. In both cases, our intelligence research is being directly applied to our customers' environments to demonstrate how resilience can be used to strengthen endpoint security. The response to this has been very positive, generating a new set of discussions across the industry as well as both with our new and existing customers. Our hard work to deliver value to our customers was once again acknowledged as Absolute was recognized as a leader in the G2 Fall 2019 Grid Report for Endpoint Management Software. This report shows that 98% of the reviewers gave either four or five star ratings for the Absolute platform and 93% of the total reviewers said they were likely to recommend Absolute. Since we last spoke, there have been a number of internal developments I'd like to highlight. We've strengthened our board of directors with the addition of Lynn Acheson. As the former CFO of Spreadfast and HomeAway, Lynn has multiple decades of operational and financial leadership expertise. She also currently serves on the boards of Q2 Software, Convey, and Real Massive. We are thrilled to have Lynn on board. Before I discuss recent additions to our senior management team, I'd like to take a moment to thank Errol Olson for the support he has provided me since I've joined Absolute. As you know, Errol is stepping down as CFO later this year. Errol has been the CFO and a valued member of the Absolute leadership team for nine years. Our search for Errol's replacement is underway and we hope to complete the search early in 2020. We recently announced two significant additions to our management team. William Morris joins as Executive Vice President of Engineering. Will brings a wealth of experience delivering world-class solutions across, across cloud, mobile, and desktop computing at some of the biggest brands in the world, which include BlackBerry, McAfee, AOL, and Netscape. Amir Karim also joins as Executive Vice President of Product Management. Amir brings 20 years of product experience in innovation management and product marketing having held senior roles at Symantec, HP, and several Silicon Valley startups. 
Looking beyond the quarter, Absolute remains the industry-defining leader in endpoint security markets focused on resilience. We believe our differentiated product enables our customers in key markets, including government, healthcare, financial services, and business services to manage the risks associated with the complexity of the modern enterprise. The Absolute platform provides our customers a flexible and automated solution that it includes the ability to see a holistic view of the enterprise, to manage devices from the BIOS, to detect the failure of critical controls on the endpoint, and to heal those controls. We believe that after decades of investment and billions of dollars being spent on endpoint security across the industry, that what is needed is a foundational element to ensure that those controls are in place and effective. It is our belief that adding resilience to an enterprise endpoint strategy can accelerate the customer's return on investment for their security controls and increase the efficacy of security overall. Our execution model remains focused on four key pillars. First, we continue to strengthen our relationship with OEM partners and drive value through our patented persistence technology, ultimately growing our install base both directly and indirectly. Second, we are accelerating our go-to-market efforts with our enterprise software offerings, including resilience supporting 12,000-plus enterprise customers worldwide. Third, our intelligence initiative, we are enabling both the security and the IT teams within our customers with meaningful, actionable insights about the true state of their enterprise. And finally, we are reestablishing our strength in the education business by honing in on the unique product needs and requirements of this market through our unique analytics and insights married with our core capabilities. I look forward to seeing many of you here tomorrow at our Analyst Day in New York. Our team will provide more color on our strategy and how we are executing. For those of you unable to join in person, a link to the event webcast can be found on the Investor Relations section of our website. With that, I'll now turn the call over to Errol to go through the detailed quarterly results. Thank you, Christy, and hello, everyone. I will now walk through our fiscal 2020 first quarter financial results. Q1 of fiscal 2020 was highlighted by continued double-digit ACV growth in the enterprise and government verticals, accompanied by strong cash generation. Q1 revenue of $25.7 million was up 6% compared to the prior year period, and was relatively in line with trailing growth in the ACB base. Adjusted EBITDA for Q1 was $7.1 million, or 28% of revenue. As a reminder, the company implemented IFRS 16 for leases beginning July 1st of 2019, which resulted in an increase in calculated adjusted EBITDA for Q1 of just under $500,000, or 2% of revenue. Further details concerning the definition of adjusted EBITDA, ACV, and the impact of IFRS 16 are included in our financial statements and MD&A. On a pre-IFRS 16 basis, Q1 adjusted EBITDA would have been $6.6 million, or 26% of revenue, representing a substantial increase over adjusted EBITDA of $4.1 million, or 17% of revenue, in the prior year period. The improvement in profitability reflects continued revenue growth coupled with a lower expense base year over year, with the expense reduction being a function of a non-recurring $700,000 positive true-up to R&D investment tax credit accruals, lower average headcount, and a slightly lower Canadian dollar. With the anticipated filling of budgeted headcount positions, we do expect adjusted EBITDA margins to trend downward during the year in line with our annual guidance. 
Gross margin in Q1 was 87% compared to 86% in Q4 and is in line with our expectations for the year. Total headcount at September 30th was 470 compared to 477 at the end of Q4 and 471 at September 30th of last year. Our commercial ACV base at September 30th was $99.1 million, representing an increase of 7% over the prior year and an increase of $1.1 million, or 1%, over the Q4 closing balance. ACV acquired from new customers in Q1 was $1.1 million compared to $1 million in Q1 of fiscal 19, and existing customer net ACV retention in Q1 was 100% compared to 101% in the prior year period. The enterprise portion of the ACV base, which represented 56% of the base at September 30th, increased 11% year-over-year and was up 3% sequentially. Q1 enterprise performance was steady across all horizontal sales teams. The government vertical, which includes state, local, and federal government customers, represented 12% of the ACV base at September 30th and increased by 13% year-over-year and by 3% sequentially. Together, the enterprise and government verticals now represent 68% of the ACB base and were up a combined 11% year over year. The mix of our business continues to shift toward these higher growth segments. The education vertical, which represented 32% of the ACB base at September 30th, was down 2% year over year and also down by 2% sequentially. The Q1 performance in the education sector was impacted by lower renewal rates in Latin America and generally lower expansion activity. Looking now at performance by geography, our international ACB base was up 24% year-over-year and up 1% sequentially. Performance during the quarter remained strong in the EMEA region, but was soft in other international theaters. The North American ACB base was up 4% year-over-year and was up 1% sequentially. North American customers accounted for 87% of the ACB base at September 30th. Turning to cash flow, cash from operating activities in Q1 was $7.5 million, or $7.1 million prior to the implementation of IFRS 16. This compares to cash from operating activities of $4 million in Q1 of last year. The significant increase in fiscal 2020 operating cash flow was primarily attributable to higher year-over-year billings in Q4 and improved working capital metrics. Moving now to our expectations for fiscal 2020, I'll start by reminding listeners that the following expectations constitute forward-looking information and financial outlook and are qualified in their entirety by the cautionary statements contained in our MD&A. Our expectations for fiscal 2020 remain unchanged and are as follows. Revenue is expected to be between $103 and $106 million, representing 4 to 7% annual growth. Adjusted EBITDA is expected to be between 18 and 22% of revenue, which includes the impact of IFRS 16 equal to approximately 2% of revenue. Cash from operating activities is expected to be between 16 and 22% of revenue. This also includes the impact of IFRS 16, equal to approximately 2% of revenue. 
And finally, capital expenditures are expected to be between $3.5 and $4 million. This concludes our prepared remarks for today. Operator, please open up the call for questions. Certainly, ladies and gentlemen, to ask a question, please press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. We'll pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A roster. Your first question comes from Thanis Machopoulos with BMO Capital Markets. Your line is open. Hi, good afternoon. Um, in terms of um, the uh, OPEX increase uh, embedded in your guidance, should we lo be looking for a pretty linear trajectory, or are there any nuances uh, that you would call out as far as the quarterly progression? All right, Thanos. Uh, no, you're correct. You should be looking for uh, a linear increase in OPEX. With most of it hitting through in Q2 and Q3, and uh, we expect we'll be pretty close to budget uh, as we exit Q4. Okay. Um, I noticed in the financials the contract acquisition costs uh, that were capitalized were lower year over year, even though new ACV was up year over year. Uh, can you just explain that dynamic? Is that a timing difference, or not? A, not a big number, obviously, but just curious as to the uh, discrepancy. Sure. No, uh, uh, it's a good observation. So the addition to contract acquisition costs—that's um, really a function of improved productivity in the sales team, where our average variable compensation uh, is coming down as a percentage of billings. Okay. And uh, maybe on a related note, uh, Christy, can you update us in terms of um, what's been happening um, on um, the sales staffing in the sales force? Absolutely. So we've continued to fill a number of the key roles that we had open as we came into the quarter. Clearly, those folks coming on board take some time to ramp. We have uh, still more roles that we're actively working to fill. We're, we're working aggressively as we go through this quarter to get ourselves lined up nicely as we go into the second half of the year. Okay. And then finally, um, education uh, dipped sequentially this quarter. It had been uh, stable sequentially at the prior quarter. Any, any change to your outlook there or I guess just some volatility in the growth rate? I think it's exactly that. It's volatility in the growth rate. There's no change in our outlook for education, which as we've said in the last couple of quarters, we characterized as um, cautionary optimism. So, you know, we do believe that, um, that some of the improvements that we're making, the changes in the product um, together with site licenses will have an impact on education. But, you know, until we see those results materialize, we remain cautious. Okay. Thanks. I'll pass the line. Thanks, Dennis. Again, to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. There are no further questions. Get up at this time. I'll turn the call back over to Christy Wyatt. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us this afternoon. We look forward to updating you next at the end of Q2. This concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.